Welcome to First Fiction, the podcast dedicated to showcasing notable new fiction published on Verso.inc. Verso.inc is a new online community for discovering and sharing great fiction. Our mission is to help discerning readers discover the best new fiction and assist emerging authors in growing their audiences. First Fiction features selected works distinguished as noteworthy by Verso.inc moderators. Keep listening and you might discover something you love. Thank you for joining me on First Fiction. I'm your host, Karen Hahn, and I've got a fun story to share with you today. Supervillain High is the first in Gerhard Gerke's YA superhero adventure series. This first chapter introduces us to Brendan and his complicated daddy issues, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Keep listening afterward for my interview with Gerhard. This is Supervillain High by Gerhard Gerke. Read by the author. Supervillain High by Gerhard Gerke, Chapter 1 See that guy there in the purple mask robbing the bank? That's my dad. Brendan stopped the video on his phone and waited for a reaction. Mr. Childs, his school counselor, nodded as if this was something he had heard before. The older man took his reading glasses off his slender nose and considered the students sitting across the desk from him. How interesting, Mr. Childs said flatly. So, your father is one of these superheroes who dresses up and gets into a lot of trouble. Not a hero. One of the bad guys. He robs banks, armored cars, jewelry exchanges, and the like. And for how long has he done that? Brennan looked for any sign that the counselor was asking something he already knew the answer to. Having been examined by more than a share of psychologists, Brendan hated that. Besides, didn't everyone keep up with supers? Most people knew who the Drone King was, didn't they? but Mr. Child's droopy face didn't waver. He tried a few anonymous robberies about ten years ago when I was a little kid. Even back then, a few people in costumes were starting to show up, and it was like a fever took hold of him. He was one of the first. He made his debut as the Purple Wing a year later when he heisted a gold bullion delivery in New York. He was arrested two weeks after that robbery, went to prison for two years. A short sentence? Brennan shook his head and grinned. He escaped. He's been on the run since, but hasn't been smart enough to not show his face in public. He calls himself Drone King because, well, he uses drones. A lot of them. I thought since he hadn't been seen in over eight months that maybe he had retired. Then this showed up online last week. Mr. Childs nodded. He read from a monitor and worked the mouse on his desk. Your records show that you were raised by your mother, Teresa Garza. No siblings. How much contact have you had with your father growing up? He was either in jail or a fugitive. My mom heard more from the marshals than from him. And the last time he called a couple of years ago, she told him to never call again until he turns himself in. And what about you? Did he ever try to keep in contact with you? Brendan remained silent. Mr. Childs cleared his throat. Brendan, I appreciate that you came forward with this when you didn't have to. You're new to this area and to this school, but I tell you in all sincerity that what we talk about in this room is confidential. I'm your counselor, your counselor. I don't tell other faculty or staff or even the school headmaster anything that you say. I'm not even allowed to tell your mother. My job here is to care for you and your needs. If this is something you don't want to discuss, then that is fine with me. I want you to feel comfortable while in this room 
Thank you for sharing what you have shared. Brendan shifted in his chair. He had never been with a psychiatrist, psychologist, or therapist that wasn't assigned him by the city or state of New York. They had never treated Brendan as a patient, but as a problem. He also wasn't used to anyone talking to him like this. It sounded so sincere that he immediately became suspicious that he was missing something. But Mr. Child's credentials were on the wall, and Brendan had checked him out online. An actual doctor of psychiatry who had graduated from Yale, and he was working at Dutchman Springs Academy as a counselor. His counselor. He bet his mother would have killed for him to have access to a guy like this back in middle school when the anger had been at its worst. No, it's okay, Brendan said. He hasn't kept in contact with me. I try. I keep trying. He occasionally leaves a voicemail from a throwaway phone, but never replies when I call back. The few times I pick up, he only has a minute before he has to hang up. It's the same conversation every time. I love you. I'm thinking about you. I hope we can get together soon and catch up. Stuff like that. I keep telling myself that I won't get my hopes up. I haven't spoke to him in person, maybe, ever. When I was five doesn't count. I don't know the man. So, when I see this video... Brendan felt a rush of frustration choke him up and hated himself for it. Take your time. Brendan shook his head. I hope they catch him is all. And I read through the school handbook and know there's a strong ethics policy, so I thought I should talk to you. I don't want this to be something that comes up later and spoils things. You're very conscientious. That's admirable and exactly what we want to see in those coming here. I must admit that this is a unique situation I would never have imagined helping a student with. I'm glad you brought it to me, even though you don't know me yet. I assure you that the things your father does and has done will not affect you. But it might. My mother could never have afforded to send me here, not in a million years. Yet here he was, in a private preparatory high school in California, despite a juvenile record, expulsions, and mediocre grades. I see. Says here you were awarded private tuition through a grant. The details of the grantee are not known to me. But the school only accepts grant money from legal entities, so if this is indeed something your father might have set up, I must imagine that it's legal. We didn't accept a large briefcase full of cash, if that's what you were worried about. Mr. Child smiled. Brennan wasn't reassured. But again, you haven't seen your father for nine years or more, Mr. Childs asked. How can you even be sure that the man behind that mask is him? Brendan picked out a fingernail. He decided he wanted the interview with his counselor to just be over. He needed to go to his dorm room and unpack, and he was tired. Jet lag and a long Dallas layover added up to not having slept in 25 hours. But Brendan had watched the video over and over, had watched all the response videos, and read the comments. His father's name was known, even though it wasn't the same name that he'd had when living with Brendan's mother. Myron Reese was a famous felon. While these other sources provided little in the way of concrete proof to the criminal in the Purple Mask's identity, the knowledge lodged in his gut and weighed heavy. His daddy was back in New York, and the crime business was good. Here ends Chapter 1 of Supervillain High. I hope you enjoyed it. The rest of the novel is available on Kobo, iBooks, and Amazon. For updates, freebies, and exclusives, sign up for my newsletter at gerhardgerke.com.
I'm delighted to have Gerhard Gerke with me today. We're going to be discussing his YA superhero adventure, Supervillain High, the first chapter from that entry. Gerhard Gerke is a contractor, a content creator for a video game company, and an author who writes dark fantasy. He recently finished his 20th novel, The Dragon and Rose, which is part of the Fallen Rogues series. So welcome, Gerhard. Thank you, Karen. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. And it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, it's so great to have you on here. I just absolutely love the work that you've shared on Verso.inc. It's it's so delightful. And um, I appreciate you being willing to join me today, even though I know that there's some construction and some things going on at, at your place, right? So Yeah, so my apologies. So it is a little bit loud. They're working on stucco and a roof. So uh, yeah, we're... Uh, Experiencing a little bit of noise. Hopefully, they'll behave themselves. In the- well, and and with everything in, in such flux right now during the COVID-19 quarantine and everything, we're just glad they can get back to work, right? That's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I'm really curious about this high school that, that our protagonist is attending, Brendan there. Uh, referencing things, an ethics policy, his father being a supervillain, spoiling things. What what are you setting up here for this this high school experience that he's having? Well, Brendan pretty much gets an offer that many of us would think is uh, too good to be true. So he comes from kind of a down and comes from a family where things have not necessarily been easy, especially because his father is a, uh, a criminal who's uh, taken up to wearing a costume and he hasn't seen his father in quite a long time since he was sent to prison. And uh, so here's uh, a Brendan, a New York kid, uh, living alone with his mom, who's always been uh, in uh, various types of uh, trouble. And yet he gets this uh, full paid scholarship to a, uh, uh, a very prestigious uh, school in California, in the California desert, something he and his mom could never have afforded. And it's the opportunity of a lifetime. And yet uh, he realizes there has to be something behind this uh, this the scholarship. And mm-hmm. that that's kind of where the mystery starts. All right. Wonderful. So does his dad actually have powers or is it just that, you know, he's, because it says he uses drones, but obviously that's a technology that we, we understand. So what, tell me a little bit more about that, the world building there. Well, for anyone that's played a superhero role-playing games, these would all be uh, gadgeteer style superheroes and, uh, Okay. More relatable might be for anyone that's uh, read or seen the Watchmen movie, where in general, mm-hmm. ones don't have any superpowers, but they are obsessed with the idea of being a superhero. Okay. And so that's generally the uh, backdrop, and his father has fallen into that mold of uh, being this drone-designing supervillain who's obsessed with uh, robbing banks. Awesome. So just kind of this social movement where <laughs> people have decided that you know, they're going to put on costumes and become this uh, superhero in their own right. And the media has taken hold of it. And it's, uh, it's just become a thing like a global phenomenon. Awesome. That is super cool. Um, And so I assume that some of the, you know, mystery surrounds with with his father, you've set up this lack of relationship that he has, um, as well as, uh, you know, some anger issues and things. what other sort of conflicts does Brendan run into as he is, you know, starting high school? I mean, high school already there, you've got a, such a, an opportunity for conflict, right? But what, what sort of unique experiences does he have there? 
Well, at the end of the day, it still is high school. So he is mm-hmm. faced with the issues of uh, going to a new school, being um, at uh, away from home, being used to living in New York, which is a world away from now living sure. in a small town in uh, you know in rural California, and living with other ones that uh, he decides he's going to need to keep this uh, secret about his father uh, really close to his chest. Mm. And so it's whether or not to uh, trust other ones with that secret. Mm-hmm. And uh, then some of the other mysteries involve the fact that there might be uh, other ones in the school who have their own secrets, including the staff. Mm. Awesome. Um, and so if if readers want to continue reading, where would they go to to finish Supervillain High? So Supervillain High is currently... Uh, it's currently on in uh, all the uh, um, bookstores. So, I mean, it's on Amazon, Kobo, um, uh, the Apple store. Great. And and how many books are in the series? So it is a four-book series. And do they all feature Brendan or do they feature other individuals in the world? So he's the, uh, he's the main character. I think he's my favorite window character for this world because mm-hmm. then he starts getting exposed to ones who have their own issues in this uh, kind of nutty society that uh, that they're living in mm-hmm. and uh, then there's uh, actually other schools they have to deal with oh and okay. uh, there's uh, lots of high school drama with uh, some minor superpowers thrown in oh fun so ha- tell me then a little bit about your process then for writing uh, from the perspective of a teenage kid uh, I think a lot of it just goes to uh, memory first off of what it was like to be in high school in that age, because that is your world and the world beyond it uh, is by far a, long, a far step away from the things that really matter, which is to get through the day, to worry about being bullied, to worry about the uh, girl that you decide you're liking. Um, and then you add the added stress of the family and home life, which whether it's justified or not, you might be embarrassed about mm. it or you might be very self-conscious about it. And does that, does that come into play with this story in terms of where he's been given this, this scholarship opportunity? Uh, you know, does he struggle then with feeling like he belongs and fits in? Definitely. Cause he's, he's coming from an underprivileged background. And so he has a bit of a chip on his shoulder because of that. And uh, that definitely comes into play. What what other sort of themes? Uh, for him, it, I like the, uh, I mean, he is dealing with, uh, you know, his own internal issues. He is dealing with anger issues, uh, acceptance of uh, parents and learning to uh, overlook um, past mistakes, um, learning to be uh, empathetic and understanding with others. Mm-hmm. I think those were all, uh, those are all things that I could definitely relate to as far as, uh, you know, when when we grow, then we realize, you know, with generally a pretty big eye roll, what kind of person we were when we were younger. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and then again, you just add to it the, uh, the the other things that are actually going on at the school that are just absolutely beyond Brendan's control that uh, absolutely require his attention and mm-hmm. his need to uh, stand up and to be a hero. And so, and so what sort of conflicts, what sort of external conflicts or are there antagonists or, you know, clear uh, villains that they have to deal with there? Yeah, so there are. So uh, not only uh, things come up from his father's past that come okay. and find Brendan, uh, there are some issues with uh, some of the staff because some of them are up to no good, perhaps. Uh-huh. And then uh, there are even a couple of the students, again, who have some pretty big secrets. Uh-huh. Uh, what, so what are you working on right now? Or are you able to work on anything with, with the world turned upside down the way it is right now? 
Uh, I have been. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm very fortunate to still have uh, a regular day job, but uh, my, my writing habit uh, gets me up around five o'clock. So I normally get about two hours of writing in uh, before okay. I go to work. And I've kept that up pretty well. Um, so I'm working on the third part of a, uh, a dark fantasy series. Um, so the current one, um, uh, I have a working title called The uh, Chapel of the Worm. Mm. And uh, yeah, so so far I've been able to uh, keep up with my outlining and writing schedule, um, which is which has been fortunate because I know that uh, you know the stress of everything that's going on out there can be uh, very distracting. So it's really helped to keep the news uh, down to a minimum, or maybe once a day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably smart. Uh, and you, I mean, clearly whatever you're doing must be working. If you just finished your twentieth novel, that's that's impressive. Well, thanks again. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's something I really enjoy. You know, writing is my favorite thing. So I hope to keep doing it for as long as I can. Yes. And you should, because this is so much fun and so much fun to read your work. So is the, the Chapel of the Worm that you mentioned, is that part of that Fallen Rogue series or is that another yeah, so th- series? That's a, that's part three. So I finished outlining it uh, last uh, Friday and I think I'm about uh, 11,000 words in um, today, which is, where are we? I can't remember what day it is today. I guess things are kind of getting kind of weird with uh, with lockdown. That's understandable. Um, well, plus with the roofers outside, we do have all of our curtains drawn, ah. so it's kind of like kind of like living in a cave. I've forgotten what time of day it is. Oh dear! And and, and you have several series, right? I mean, how how many series does this make for you then? So let's see. Um, so I've, I've uh, five series or multi part books. Wow. I have one one standalone, and uh, this. I wrote a sequel to that, but it never saw the light of day just because that one never quite gained its traction. Okay. And, uh, so what do you, what do you like then about doing series is that, you know, clearly that must, that must be a good fit for you. I think what I like is that you, you get to uh, tell a longer character story. Mm-hmm. So you have your character arc in the first book. And yet sometimes by the end of the first book, you're really just starting to establish the chemistry with the characters mm-hmm. so that allows you to uh, take it further and I think for anyone that watches, uh, you know, series television, like a Firefly, for example, or, uh, you know, Star Trek, mm-hmm. we, we realize just how much characters start to grow on us. And just as we're kind of start getting comfortable with them, um, I, th- I think that's where, uh, where a series really can find its legs is on the strength of the characters. I love that. Well, listeners, I'm sure that you enjoyed uh, hearing this excerpt from the first chapter of Supervillain High. And if you want to get on Traverso.inc, you can go give it an upvote. You can also connect with Gerhard there and also your website, Gerhard, right? What is, can you give your website address? Sure. It's a GerhardGerke.com. So it's G-E-R-H-A-R-D-G-E-H-R-K-E.com. But also if you just, uh, if you just uh, Google um, you know, Supervillain High series author, You'll find it. It's probably easier to spell than either ends of my name. (laughs) (laughs) So listeners, you can sign up for free on Verso.inc, vote for for Gerhard's work, and discover some of our other authors that we have up there. And again, thank you so much. This is such a fun selection, and I'm excited to, to see what happens with Brendan and his adventures. Thank you, Karen. Really appreciate you taking the time out today and really enjoy the interview.
Thank you for listening to this episode of First Fiction. If you'd like to hear more great fiction from the best emerging authors, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about this podcast and the authors and stories we promote, visit verso.inc. That's verso.inc.